0: Welcome to the Empowering the Light podcast. Woot, woot. I'm Lily Gustin, lightworker, womb wisdom, guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things love and light, empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. I cannot wait for you to dive into this next episode. And I honor the light that you are spreading in this world. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, I have the super, duper special guest on because she is my amazing sister, Ariana Camprad. I'm so excited to welcome her onto the podcast today. Thank you for being here, Ariana.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, definitely. I was super excited when you said yes. <laughs> um, of <course>. our, <laughs> Ariana Camprad is a yoga teacher and a mom. After suffering difficulty in postpartum, she has become passionate about using yoga to help women through motherhood, motherhood, Labor recovery and postpartum depression and anxiety. She is teaching weekly postnatal yoga, prenatal yoga, and yoga for all ages and levels virtually while we navigate COVID-19. I love that, and I love your yoga. I love doing your yoga classes. Um, yeah, and uh, Ariana. So Ariana and I are 13 years apart um in age. So she started doing yoga like when I was when I was young. You got. I was like
1: 25. So yeah very young
0: i was young so i started doing yoga with you from a really young age so that was like a really beautiful introduction for me into yoga and now i'm getting my own yoga teacher training certification so you kind of opened the gateway for that with me i know it's
1: crazy to be on the same path with you (laughs) in the same space it's crazy and challenging at the same time because i think our age difference um puts me in less of a sister place and i think this is kind of a little a little sight into how I'm going to feel about my daughter when she's older, because I want to tell you exactly what to do, but really this is your journey, and so it's it's been like a challenge to step back and let you kind of live your life, speak your truth, and not tell you everything I think about every single thing you're doing, so it, it's a cool and challenging place to be, and it's kind of a little intro for me about, I think, motherhood and how that's going to go. That. I love you're that doing great and oh, doing amazing things
0: thank you I like have been so inspired watching you do all the amazing things you've done and like pave this path for yourself too and yeah I definitely think with our age difference you're like not only my sister but like my second mother and always have been so like you're like always you and like our actual mother are always the people I go to so I love that and I love, so Ariana and I are very different in personality, but one thing that we do share is that we both struggle with anxiety, um, mm-hmm. which I love that you mentioned in your bio there. But before we got into, like, all of that, all of the magic of this family podcast episode, um, I would love for our listeners to know, like, your story. How did you find yoga? How did you get where you are here? You have such an amazing story, and I would love for them to be able to hear it.
1: So I think that, you know, I initially found yoga in my mid-20s. I um, was kind of a brave but lost soul in my 20s. And, you know, I, I was working and decided to leave my job and travel for an extended period of time. And after coming back from my travels, I was pretty just lost. I didn't really know how to create stability for myself again. And I had found Bikram yoga, which is a style of yoga I don't love now, but at the time really served me. And I was doing a lot of Bikram yoga. And I found that the anxiety that I had around that rough transition at 25, not really understanding how to create a stable lifestyle for myself, um, yoga was really helping that anxiety. And so fast forward, I landed on my feet eventually by my um, late 20s. Fast forward to my early 30s, I was really ready to take my yoga practice to the next level. And I became a certified yoga teacher, specializing in vinyasa. And I found again, you know, I've I've struggled with anxiety forever. And so even when my life feels like it's very um, structured and in a good place, I'm still struggling with those anxieties that we all have. And when I'm doing yoga consistently, there's just so much improvement in that I feel like I can be sane. And so I've really come to it every single time I've had one of those moments in my life where I really truly am so anxious and it's always been there to support me. So um, two years ago, I had my daughter, um, my first child, and I was very, very busy throughout my pregnancy. I was working full time. I owned a yoga studio. I was doing a lot in the wellness space, just trying to um, build up my following there. And I thought that having a baby would kind of just be a nice addition to all of this. I would, I would have my child and be able to have it all still because you see so many people that claim that they can do that. And um, what I found was the exact opposite. I, I suffered terrible postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, I jumped back into teaching and doing yoga much sooner than my body was ready for me to do. And I suffered um, pelvic floor injury and a really, really long recovery process. And It was just a big eye-opening experience to me that motherhood really isn't something you can fit into your life. It's something you adjust your life to be. And I can't help but wonder, had I been more mentally prepared, would I have had the same experience? Would I have had such a difficult physical recovery? Would I have had such a hard time acclimating to this new piece of my life, which really is truly the most beautiful thing I've ever done? So to have it to have kind of a cloud over this experience was difficult. And so that changed everything for me in terms of what I had to offer as a yoga teacher because eventually yoga and meditation and mindfulness is what brought me back to myself again um, after coming to terms with how my life needed to really change to accommodate being a mother. And and so really, I feel like that's kind of the path that I'm on now. I really wanna help women who are pregnant prepare themselves for this postnatal period. Um, So I teach a lot of prenatal yoga um, with meditation and that kind of the lens of being more prepared for new motherhood. Um, And then also postnatal because not only is your physical recovery so important and you need to give yourself that time, um, but your mental health is so important too. And so that's really been a passion for me for the last two years and something I've been trying to build towards while being a mom, which is just difficult. Um, the phase of life when you're a new mother is, it, it's just, you have to accept that this is a huge piece of your life and a, a things you're going to have to sacrifice other things for it. So that's where I am now. Um, but it's just a huge passion for me. And I think it's so important. And it's truly one of the hardest jobs. And as a mother, we all deserve that support. And it, there's, it's really not talked about enough. So that's
0: yeah. my story. I love that. That was so powerful. And it's been so powerful watching you on this journey and like seeing every step of the way too, and being by your side with it. And I feel like not only has it been really inspiring to watch you through this transition of motherhood from my perspective, but it's also taught me so much about going into motherhood. And I feel like it's prepared me so much more than I would have felt prepared for for when I'm ready to actually have a child myself. And um, so first I want to say thank you for that. That's been so amazing to watch this. And yeah, I completely agree. It's really motherhood in the US, like in all areas, it's not, that transition isn't talked about at ton, and it's not supported. Like our culture doesn't really support that transition into motherhood and it doesn't really support new mothers and what they have to go through. It
1: seems like in the workforce, um, when, I mean, typically, uh, just for a physical recovery, a mother should be literally just resting, like in bed resting with your child for six weeks. Um, it, that's incredibly challenging, especially when you're used to having a really active life. But um, it's, it's really hard for working mothers to be able to carve out that time and that adjustment period. And really, you need longer than six weeks, like you're, you're, you're teaching this baby to sleep, you're teaching yourself to be a mother, it's, it's difficult. Other countries give, you know, mothers a year off her maternity leave, and um, really six weeks is all that's required in the U.S. So it's, um, yeah, I think that we're in a really cool place for women, where, you know, where women are now able to have more respect in the workplace, and we're kind of, we're told that we can have this, we can have it all now, which I think is wonderful. Um, it's something that I thrived on in my early thirties, and my late twenties. Like I had a, I had a successful career and um, was really proud of that. But when you have a child, you really can't have it all as much as I wish you could, because your time away from your baby is time that you feel guilty. Um, your time at home when you're not working, when you should be working, is time that you feel guilty. There's, there's no way to be that powerful woman and a mother and feel actually okay about it at least that's not what I've found and I think that it's okay like I, I think that what helped me get through this is that I had to say it's okay like these are the years that I need to switch my priorities and I need to make some sacrifices and this career that I've built up and you know the these passions that I've had on the side like my yoga practice I'm I need to finally be okay with them taking a backseat to me being a mom, it took me two years to get there. And that's not always the the answer for everyone, but I think that we're you know we're a society that glamorizes being busy, that glamorizes working to exhaustion, and that's not a place that a new mother can thrive. Or even I'm a mother now of two years, I can't thrive in that place, and I just had to tell myself that that's okay. And it's similar to your work that you do you know, when you're in different phases of your cycle where you have to just go inwards and be okay with doing that. And that was the biggest lesson for me. It took me two years to figure it out. And it's okay because, you know, I'm in my thirties now and I'm bearing my children and I'm raising them. And I fully plan to have a Renaissance in my forties and get back to the passions that I have. And so it's I think that telling yourself, I need to pause. I need to focus on what I know I'll never regret focusing on during this time, which is my children. Um, and it's okay. That's, I think that's my biggest takeaway. And that's kind of what I try to preach too, especially um, to my yoga students that are going through horrible anxiety and difficulty balancing life that um, the sacrifices that you're making for yourself are okay. So it's a, it's a tough phase of life.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I love that, I love that, like mantra almost of it's okay like I love that because it's so true like our our society does glamorize this very like masculine structure of being constantly productive being constantly doing something having it, it almost like glamorizes the idea of burnout like which is strange like in a paradoxical way is that it it praises you for working to the point where you do burn out but at the end of the day it's not sustainable for anybody especially for a woman who's has these beautiful phases and cycles of life, whether that's your menstrual cycle right now, whether that's um, pregnancy, whether that's postpartum, whether that's um, menopause or perimenopause, like we have these beautiful phases of our life that aren't supported for us to burn out. But mm-hmm. That's just like, it, it, to me, our society, it like makes no sense if that's glamorized because all that does is it makes you exhausted, it makes you uninspired. It makes you feel guilty. It makes you feel unenergized. Whereas like our, our body is holding us to have a sustainable lifestyle when we can actually listen to what it wants us to do. And I feel like that's exactly what you're saying with postpartum, where it's like your body really needs that time to teach the baby, to teach yourself how to handle it, not this go, go, go burnout energy that is kind of preached in our society,
1: and it becomes even harder and more dangerous to burn out when you're not when you're not just burning out yourself, but like you're responsible for taking care of someone else. And so, um, I think that's another thing that you know, after you have a baby, your your body is going through so many changes, and your hom- hormones are changing. the The mental stability that you once had isn't there, and it's not really your fault. Um, It's been in Ayurveda, they believe that um, once you have a baby, you're, you're highly, highly Vata. That's your energy and Vata energy. I know you probably talk about Ayurveda a ton on your podcast, but um, Vata energy is wonderful within balance. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful place to be. But when almost, when you're almost all Vata, you're prone to anxiety and depression and um, kind of that airy energy doesn't really serve you when it's out of balance. And so pregnant uh, postnatal women really deal with not only having to take care of themselves, be exhausted, but they're kind of battling the, the imbalances of their own body that that is out of their control. And so when you start to have anxiety or postpartum depression, it's absolutely no testament to your mental strength. Your body is doing things and... Um, acclimating to your postpartum period in a way that that you really don't have a lot of control over and the best thing to do is to rest and to take it easy and to accept help and to not rush back to work um or rush back to the 10,000 things you had going before the baby it's it's not at all sustainable um so it's it's just such an important time and you know you don't get or at least I didn't get this kind of guidance from my medical care um you know, you can read books about it. It, Unfortunately, a lot of I think, you know, Instagram is really beautiful in that um, you see a lot more honesty in this space now. And it's kind of there's been a little bit of um, a movement to have moms step out and be honest about how it's, you know, not all sunshine and rainbows. And that's great. But there's an equal amount of mothers out there and on Instagram, and I was probably guilty of it, too, that are, are making their lives look incredibly easy and glamorous with a new child. And I can't imagine that anyone has an easier, glamorous time. Um, And so I think just being more mentally prepared and having more respect and empathy for women in this period of time is important for us to do kind of as a society, and it's just not talked about, so. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I feel like that comes in, like, bringing the idea of, like, respect for self-care, too, and, like, respect Mm -hmm. for those changes happening in your body and respect that you have changed That it's not that you're not going to show up as the same person you were before because every your body your physical body has changed itself and actually we haven't actually talked about ayurveda on this podcast before so i was wondering yeah. if you could introduce the idea of what vata like what the doshas are like what sure. is actually vata for the people who are listening who are like that's sure. awesome but no idea what we're talking about <laughs>
1: So um, Ayurveda is kind of ancient Indian medicine, and it's really interesting and I think incredibly, I mean, it's made a huge impact on me as I look into it and I start to look at my own health from that perspective. Um, a lot of times you'll learn this in yoga teacher training um, or if you ever see kind of an Ayurvedic workshop at your, yoga, at your local yoga studio, it's, it's kind of worth a try. Um, and so the basic principle of your doshas is that your body has three different energy that ultimately you want to get into balance, that you want to have kind of equal prominence um, going in your lifestyle and in your body. Um, and that's hard to accomplish. Um, you can take little tests online. I know Deepak Chokra has a really good one um, where you answer everything from like the consistency of your stools to your skin tone or your, or just like the way your complexion is um, to how you feel and how you react to different situations. And all of those things, um, combine into the, all of those factors will kind of tell you what your prominent doshas are. So there are three of them, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. And Kapha is more of a very kind of grounding energy. And you'll find that like my husband is very Kapha, um, He's very centered, grounded, but um, also cynical. Um, So there's like really wonderful benefits to each. And also you have those things that you're challenged with. I'm very Vata, which is kind of more of an airy energy. Um, And like I said, most women that are postnatal are Vata. And with this comes, you know, a beautiful open mind, um, an ability to kind of be a bit of a dreamer, um, along with a lot of very more scientific and physical um, aspects to it, but it also comes with that high anxiety piece. Um, and then Pitta, which interestingly enough, my daughter is prominently Pitta energy, um, is kind of that really fiery energy. And so you find that when you when your doshas are out of balance and you're more of that Pitta, um, you may feel a little bit more on edge and a little more fiery, and in a wonderful and good way, or also you know in a challenging way. And so There's so much more to each of these doshas, but ultimately what you're trying to do is balance your life so that all three are in balance. I've never been able to do that. I'm always vata and pitta. Um, But when you start to look at where your imbalances lie, there's just very easy ways to start to kind of bring, bring that dosha that might not be as prominent back up to the surface of your life. And especially Um, when you're highly vata, things like eating really warm grounding foods, that's a really wonderful way to do it. And when you think about kind of the science behind this, there's so many parts of our body that need to be in balance, that need to be in balance from our hormones um, to just our anxiety and emotions. And it kind of all wraps into this idea of taking not only physical properties, but emotional properties and trying to do our best to just weave them as closely together. So I really believe in it. And um, it, it really, those doshas really come into play in what I teach in yoga. Um, and I think in postpartum to be able to understand that like you have a very airy energy to you and there's simple grounding ways to kind of get back to that, that feeling of stability that a kapha Um, dosha brings is, I think it's just a really easy way to look at it. So um, really interesting, really complex. Ayurveda is very complex and something that I'm still kind of just scratching the surface on, but it's always worth Googling. And um, Deepak Chopra has a really good quiz just if you're curious about what your doshas are. What are yours, Lily? I assume vata.
0: Yeah, (laughs) fully, fully (laughs) vata. Fully, fully Bata. And I, I love that because it is, it's also, it's a very empowering, um, like holistic way to look at your body and everything yeah. that's going on with it because it is, you can like take these actions that help balance those energies. And this is something I also bring into my menstrual coaching because your period actually has its own doshic constitution separate from your body's doshic constitution. Like it, you can look at your period, yeah, from similar doshic. um, Ways. So, like, a bata period is very light, um, very airy. It brings with it a lot of anxiety in, like, po- uh, in your premenstrual phase. Usually mm-hmm. bata has the most pain as well. um So it's, it's interesting to look at your, like, overall body and your health. And then also, like, taking that into, like, looking at your menstrual cycle and then being able to say, okay, I understand this energy that's going on. Let me bring in, like, these things into my life that's going to help balance it. It's like, it's very empowering. Something that our medical system doesn't really look at, where it's kind of like, let's put a fix on something instead of learn how to balance it out. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I feel like must be so, like, empowering and must be very powerful postpartum when we are lacking that kind of support in the medical system to bring in that idea of I can help balance myself just using my, like, inner healer that's within me.
1: There's a really great book, um, in case anyone that's listening to this might feel like they're going or be about to go through a postpartum period called the first 30 days. And it brings in a lot of Ayurveda and the idea of kind of balancing out your doshas um, with food specifically. And so it has these incredible grounding, high fat recipes that you really need postpartum. That's another thing like women postpartum, like want to snap back to their bodies, but really your body needs fat and like a lot, a lot of protein, like really heavy foods so that you can kind of get back to normal and provide nourishment to your baby um but yeah so I love that book I have it and um and it's just a good one to read maybe like right before you deliver and then like give to your husband or or family or whoever's taking care of you to just make you some like really wonderful warm grounding meals to kind of help you get through it yeah yeah I
0: love that I think that that's so I feel like that's such an empowering science so yeah everyone who's listening who has is really resonating with everything that we're saying here definitely go check out that book definitely go look up ayurveda some more it can be really grounding kind of fits really well into like meditation and yoga um so you were saying at the beginning too that there's that kind of that guilt around prioritizing um what you need to prioritize in your life after postpartum Mm -hmm. and that makes total sense with like the way our society is structured but what have you found that really helped get over that hump of guilt. Like for anyone who's listening, who's, who's been feeling that themselves, do you have any advice of what they could do to kind of help balance that, like almost that mindset?
1: So it's interesting. And I don't think there's only just one thing to do it, to, to take care of it. Um, you one thing that I think I struggled with was that I so badly you know, you, you're you pregnant for nine months and your life changes and you're so excited to get back to you again. Um, and so I struggled with the fact that I really did want some semblance of a normal life after having my daughter, Nina, but, um, but you can't really, that I mean that that's not going to happen and so like as I said before coming to terms with that but also like taking care of yourself so on the flip side you're working so hard to take care of this baby I mean like I would forget to shower and that's like a very simple example of how I forgot to take care of myself but also like carving out time for your mental health like I would go I I started to finally like go to therapy and I needed it or sitting in meditation is important once a day or carving out time for a yoga class and so um I found that I actually, when I was more selfish with myself in my time, I felt less guilty because I was becoming more of myself again. Um, But interestingly enough, I think there's bigger decisions that go on after motherhood. And I had the, I had um, an interesting experience going back to work and I I did go back to work after four months and after a week decided I couldn't do it. Like I could not leave my child. There were too many things happening. I myself was too anxious and I made the decision to not work full time anymore. And I, in addition to that, I owned a yoga studio which I completely um, just turned over my ownership to someone else and I stopped teaching yoga. Like I just needed a period of time where I didn't have those stressors outside of my baby and outside of just like my simple self care. and so I live that life as a stay-at-home mom, and that's incredibly challenging, too. Even more, more than ever, you have to prioritize that self-care so that you just don't go crazy. It's, it's incredibly difficult to take care of just a baby all day long, or a, a child, or like I'm doing it right now with a two-year-old, and sometimes I want to lose my mind. But um, that, and you feel a lot of guilt around that feeling, and that's totally normal. We all feel that guilt. It's just, it's part of life. It's okay to kind of not feel like you're the best mom at times. Um, or feel like you don't really wanna do this. And so coming to terms with that kind of guilt, I think is important. But then on the flip side, as you know, I um, had enough of being a stay-at-home mom and I went back to work when my daughter was 11 months old and then that guilt completely transitions and it's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning where you feel guilty for not being there. Um, You get jealous of your nanny because she's spending more time with your daughter or your mom, like my mom was taking a lot of, spending a lot of time with my daughter. Um, more time than me on a daily basis. And and so that's another type of guilt. And I think that's a really tough one because you, a lot of moms need to work to provide the kind of life that they want for their child. And so I think it's about perspective that this time that you're putting in now, yes, it's time away from your child, but like this is going towards this this work that you're doing now is building the life that you think that they deserve. And so there's really no right answer or no right thing to do. Um but coming to terms with the guilt, I think is just about perspective. It's just that you're in a really hard position. Life isn't easy after you become a mother. It's just there's a whole new complexity to it. Um and I think just being able to say it's okay, whatever choice you made is okay. Um cutting yourself some slack. It's it's just so hard, no matter where you are. So I think that's what I try to bring into my postnatal classes is really helping to ease that kind of guilt and to. I mean, you're only human. It's just really what it is. So.
0: Yeah. It's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, it sounds like that, and it. It also, it's so true that you are only human. And I love how you said that when you allowed yourself to be a little bit more selfish, you felt like you came back into yourself a little bit more. And I I strongly believe that it's, I'm trying to figure out what the wording for this is that I'm trying to say. I strongly believe that it is so okay to be selfish, especially when it comes from a place of self-love. Because when you can't like fill up your own boat, then you can't fill up all the people around you who you're trying to take care of. and it is so easy to forget that, especially when you have a, a newborn baby that needs your constant attention. And and I love that you mentioned that Nina was Pitta energy because I hadn't made that connection before. And I was sitting here after you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, she is. She's like this little fireball of energy all the time. <laughs> she's
1: crazy. Yeah. She needs a little more balance, but I don't even know how to give it to her. But um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's important even more when you have, you know, little humans that are using you as an example to not be a martyr, to take care of yourself too. Um, I, Nina knows when it's time for me to teach yoga and she'll say like, mommy, go teach yoga. And I've explained to her that it's like important for me. It's so, it makes me feel so good to like go take yoga or go teach yoga. And, um, and she no longer cares if I leave her for like an hour or two to go take that time for myself. It's, she started to understand that you need it. And so it's yeah I think taking care of yourself is the first step to alleviating guilt to like kind of building lifestyle that will make you feel good and then just knowing that the guilt is there and it's it's okay and and go easy on yourself and that goes for like more than just motherhood I mean any sort of difficulties that you're having in any sort of balance in your life with your partner with family like um, I think you've done a really great job in the last year especially being able to prioritize yourself to be able to say no I can't do this today because I need to be alone or I need or this is the phase of this of my cycle that I'm in and it's not conducive to like going out and being social and so it's again something being able to say being busy isn't isn't is not glamorous if it's going if I'm sacrificing my mental health or my physical health for it so
0: yeah thank you thank you for that that meant a lot um noticing that yeah that was a really hard transition for me I feel like before I used to try to do everything and I know I've talked about this a lot on my Instagram page if you follow my Instagram but I like was literally trying to do everything when I was in college I was like working three jobs I was going to school full-time I was trying to take all the opportunities and the internships and this and that and this and that and like, drove me to anxiety attacks every other day, like, it was crazy, and, and you didn't, I mean, you didn't even see the extent of it, I kind of hid that from my family, only my partner, Tyler, really saw the extent of those panic attacks, um, because I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do, like, I thought that, like, that was the way you lived, and everybody must experience these panic attacks. which then I found out that, yeah, a lot of people do, uh, especially when I started talking about it, but it's, it's really empowering to be able to slow down and say, you know what, I actually need to take care of myself. I actually need to start doing that. And that was something meditation really taught me, meditation and menstrual cycle awareness. And that's one of the reasons I got into meditation and, and why I became a meditation teacher was really to ease that anxiety and learn how to actually prioritize and take care of myself. And it, it sounds very similar to what yoga brings for you also.
1: Yeah, I feel like meditation, like if you are anxious, and you decide to focus on nothing else, like sitting in quiet and just attempting to clear your mind for five to 10 minutes a day, like you're going to see a difference. It's just such an incredible tool. Um, And so I, I think that that's important. It's so cool to see you kind of thriving now. But I think it's also important. I mean, as you know, you're not always going to get approval from the the, these changes that you make, you won't always get approval from those that are closest to you. So you know more than ever that, and I, I even challenge you sometimes with the decisions that you're making, projecting probably a lot of my own stuff onto you. But um, but know that, especially as women, and men too, but really women, and I think that's probably who's listening to your podcast, don't mean to offend anyone. But we are incredibly intuitive beyond the point that we even realize, and motherhood really brings that out of you. But, But even before that, you're we're just, an in, we're intuitive beings. And so if you really feel deep down inside that you need something that you're not getting and your older sister doesn't approve of it, that does not really matter. Like you really have to kind of honor that feeling and you did exactly that. Um, and so, but I think that that's another thing that you carry into new motherhood is that we don't trust ourselves enough and we're innately so intuitive. That energy is so intuitive after you have a baby, like your your intuitive energy is so strong after you have a baby that we need to be able to trust ourselves more. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think wow. trusting yourself is something that we don't do enough. I don't even do it enough. Um, and I think always honoring that that intuition is important.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love. I feel like that is so powerful. And I feel like that's something, even in our society in general, I feel like women are taught to not trust their intuition. Like when they're the most intuitive, which is like, right before their period or while they're on their period or motherhood, our society flips that into your crazy. Like it flips that mindset into like, you're super emotional right now, no one around you should trust you. When in reality, like those are the times that your intuition is so strong and that's the time when you need to trust yourself the most. Um, And it's because it's that flip, it's because it's all of a sudden like you've shifted into this intuitive state and everybody around you doesn't quite like understand it, it doesn't seem rational, and I would love to talk about that more, like what that felt like in motherhood, like what tapping into that intuition really felt like and why all those people who are struggling with being right now, having that shift and maybe the people around them not really honoring that shift into intuition, especially in the way just our society in general is structured, which is of no fault to anybody who's within the society. It's like, we've been conditioned to be structured this way for an extremely long period of time. Yeah. Um, but. But going into motherhood, going into it, knowing you're going to have that intuition, what what is that like? So I don't think
1: I even understood it for, for me, um, but it's something that I love to bring into my prenatal classes for women that are about to transition into postnatal because it's so important to remember that you can kind of trust yourself. Um, and I do a lot of meditations that are just like for the third eye chakra and kind of tapping into that power that you really do have as a woman and specifically in this phase, but it's hard because after you have a baby it's, and especially your first child, it's, it's new territory. You really, you don't actually, if you're thinking mentally, you don't really know what you're doing. And I remember just feeling like I was at such a loss Um, and kind of asking around for, you know, every problem that I had and getting answers that never really felt like they were correct for me and my baby. And, um, And it's just really hard to trust yourself during that phase, especially when your hormones are raging and you're kind of out of of balance. And so it's an incredibly difficult thing to do to harness that. But I think it's a simple reminder and to be able to have faith in that part of yourself um, that it's really all that it takes. And now, you know, being two years postpartum, it's very clear what kind of mother I was meant to be. And I think I've known it all along. Um, And... I've had a lot of circumstances over the last two years where I very clearly knew the answer to just a very important question with my daughter, whether it be about her health or um, about her personality and a different a certain way we need to be parenting that my husband didn't agree with um and I've always been right not not at all biased but um, but I think there there has been there's always these moments when I just know and We don't give ourselves enough credit especially when we're scared because there's so much at stake with your child you know you want it you don't want anything to go wrong and so sometimes we forget to trust ourselves and we lean on other people that don't really know our our us or our children so it's i think it's a really important tool to be able to just trust yourself and if you don't even believe in intuition or any of that that's fine like i know we can get really woo woo but like just trust yourself. that's really all it is that you we were as women, we were born to be mothers, and that goes beyond just our physically our physical ability to bear children. We are um, inherently very nurturing um and so it's it's just you have to have a certain amount of trust in yourself even when you don't know what you're doing um and it takes a while to build that. so I'm excited for when I have my next baby um to parent with confidence in a different way, and to be able to really harness that intuition that I've always had, but, like, wasn't confident enough to use, um, and to see how different of an experience it is. Hopefully, it's really different.
0: I love that. I feel like that trust yourself, like, even when you don't know what you're doing, I feel like that transitions into so many different things, because we are, like, women, like, our bodies, like, our, like, mental abilities, like, every part of us, it's so amazing, like, women are, like, so powerful, it's, like, blows my mind every day, like, doing work around, like, helping women come into their power and authenticity, it's it's just, it's so amazing when we finally realize that amount of, like, power of inner knowing, of intuition, if you believe in intuition, of trust that we can have in ourselves, and I feel like that trust transcends, like, trust within motherhood is kind of this beautiful example of trust in every other er area of your life too, like trusting yourself in any business endeavor, trusting yourself in your medical, in your own medical health. And it was actually, it was really beautiful watching you as a mother because you had so much intuition with when Nina, like when she was sick, like you always knew like when it was time to take her to the doctor and all of that. And it was really beautiful watching you tap into that and just know, that like tap into that motherly intuition. And do you have any like advice for people who are listening who maybe who are in that same boat that have this like, like this intuitive, um, knowing about something within their child or motherhood, but are having trouble tapping into that actual trust to go through with it?
1: I mean, I think that you just have to flip the switch and just trust yourself. And I, and I think you'll have an experience where you'll see that you can trust yourself. I had one, um, you know, we traveled a lot with Nina when she was younger and it always, um, wore on her, like we would get back from trips and she'd always be sick. And there was one instance um, when she, we came home and she was extremely sick. I knew immediately what it was. I don't even know how, but I did. And, um, and I knew that she, we needed to get her to the doctor ASAP. And, you know, everyone around me was kind of like, are you sure you just got off a plane? Like, do you really want to take her to the doctor? And I ended up listening to everyone except for myself. And the next day, you know, she was very, very ill. And we even got tests done that immediately told us that it wasn't what I thought it was. Um, And fortunately, we were able to get those tests sent away to another lab. And three days later, it came back and it was exactly what I thought it was. So there's (laughs) been moments like that over and over again where, you know, my my judgment has been questioned. And every time I feel like I come back to it and I realize that I should I myself should never have questioned it because I am always kind of, I'm moving towards the truth. And so um, I think that really you'll have a moment like that probably pretty quickly in motherhood. And once you do, just use that as a moment to trust yourself and trust yourself all the time. Now, like, I don't ever listen to anyone else. I know exactly what my daughter needs. And that's no coincidence. It's because I'm her mother. Um, And it's, it's hard to believe in anything that's not completely scientific, but just that intuition is I I, there's no question to me that we as women always have it and we have to let it guide us because it's so important and it's kind of like magic it's insane that we're able to be so connected to our children in that way and it's something that I never really thought I'd be into or care about you know earlier in life and so even if this isn't resonating with you know that I was the the biggest cynic and never wanted to be a mother and wanted a career over anything else and I've done a complete 180 because it's an incredible place to be so everyone changes and most of the time you're probably going to move towards you know kind of that nurturing and intuitive nature that you've always had and maybe just harnessed a little later
0: yes yes I love that and we all like come into like our path of like tapping into that like feminine energy Like, we have this, like, beautiful divine masculine and divine feminine energy running through us, and that intuition is a beautiful example of that feminine energy, and I I feel like everyone comes into that at a different time in their life, but it's, like, the time exactly when they were supposed to. It's really beautiful, like, watching everybody's path, because everyone's path is so different, but it's, like, so right for them and what they're here to do in the world, and what, like, the timing of everything is just, like, perfect timing all the time, even when we don't see it. Um, so yeah, I love that. So like, if you are feeling like that, I don't really believe in intuition and all of that, like there's, there'll be moments in your life where things, where that like feminine energy is going to start coming back into it. And I love that. I think that that's so powerful. And I think that was something that like part of me, even when I started finding this, I was like, Oh, but like, what if I had found it two years earlier? Like I like, what if I had been younger when I found all of this? And it's really a matter of like, I wasn't ready to find all of this when I was younger like it's our life has these like beautiful stepping stones that prepare us exactly for the moment we're in and it's trusting all of those stepping stones and then trusting that we can have a big vision and sometimes not have any idea what it looks like and trusting the baby steps that lead up to and I feel like with motherhood that must be like a huge indicator as well because you never know what like the big picture is going to look like but those little intuitive hits along the way can be so powerful
1: yeah, yeah, it really does change everything, um, and it will change you. And it's that's that's okay, and it probably will change you for the better. You don't even realize it. So, um, but yeah, I think yeah. it's it's a crazy journey.
0: And how so? How did how did yoga play a role? And I know like we're almost up on our time here, but before we are, how did yoga play a role really for you postpartum? Like how did, how did that look for you? So, yeah, I I
1: guess, so I guess we didn't talk that much about just my physical challenges postpartum. Um, I, yoga is just a really wonderful tool postnatal and prenatal because it's just a wonderful, um, almost gentle form of exercise. I mean, in general, yoga doesn't have to be completely gentle. There's a lot of really wonderful, um, styles that are rigorous and difficult but um for me i suffered um a pelvic floor injury which i still feel the effects of today but it is not nearly as bad as i thought it would be Um, and there's just a lot of rehab to be done and there's a lot of forms of exercise that are not conducive to nurturing your pelvic floor or a diastasis recti which is kind of when your abdominal muscles pull apart to accommodate the baby so we all have some level of it and some of us our abdominals will go back and heal properly and some of us they will not and so yoga is just a wonderful form of exercise to slowly heal the body um, of course you never want to do it within six weeks of labor and really you should probably wait like a few months but um for me um the being able to work with my breath, because your breath is directly related to strain that you put on your pelvic floor. For example, if you hold your breath while exerting any sort of energy, um, you will strain your pelvic floor, which is a ligament. And so um, ligaments, when they do become overstretched, won't snap back the way your muscles do. So it's so very important um, when you're rehabbing yourself that you're not putting unnecessary pressure on your pelvic floor, which has been through an insane experience. so yoga was so important because i was able to find that gentle and safe um, work for my abdominals and i was also able to find healthy stretching and um, activation of my pelvic floor again and still to this day i mean it's one of the best forms of exercise for me having an injury that i'm going to live the rest of my life with Um, and it's not something that will aggravate it and it also brings that beautiful mindfulness piece into your practice and whether you are moving through a yoga practice with the idea of being mindful or not it's it's happening your your focus becomes on your movement and your breath and you're kind of able to let go of outside stressors for a short period of time and that's incredibly beneficial for your mind and your body and so I'm just constantly just I feel so lucky that this was already in my life before this difficult stage of my life and then I just feel lucky that I can share it with other women and that I can share it from a lens of I've I've been there and it's it was pretty bad. So I I understand what they could be feeling. Hopefully not the same as me, but um but if they are, I kind of can have that empathy. And so I do I think yoga and like pilates um postpartum are just two really great ways to find that time for yourself to rehab your body and to be able to work while still being still being very gentle with yourself. Um, they're just two really great
0: practices. Yeah, I, I love that it's like holding that space for yourself too, holding that space, that mindfulness that you brought up, really taking care of and nurturing your body, because they are both very nurturing um, practices. And I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me how important breath would be for like healing those ligaments and for not straining them. and and while knowing how important breath is in yoga in general, I feel like that that's something that is so powerful for anyone postpartum to know that, how important their breath is when they're exercising. And it's, oh. and it's some, yeah, and it's something that like other exercise like modalities, like I've done so many. I used to be an athlete, athlete when I was younger, and you used to be a dancer as well, and I used to be a dancer. And there's, there's so many different active modalities that don't pay any attention to your breath. So I feel like that's such a powerful practice like yoga in itself then saying that breath work is so important to come into that knowing that already postpartum.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's again, one of those things that just isn't talked about. And I was shocked that I didn't get more guidance from, I mean, what happens after you have a baby as you go in six weeks after labor, and they check you and they're like, okay, all clear, go have sex, take a bath and exercise. And really, you don't want to do any of those things. You, your body still feels just like it's so fragile. And, um, and there's no guidance around be careful of straining your pelvic floor, be careful of any aggravation that you might have for your abdominals. And I mean, that experience might be very different for someone else, but for me, I just wasn't given that guidance. And so to be able to bring that into a yoga class um, and, you know, I I'll I'll say it in my postnatal yoga classes and I'll see for the first time that people are kind of like, Oh, I had no idea that like I could actually be straining my pelvic floor by lifting a heavy box. Um, It's, I just, there needs to be, people need to talk about it more. It's not a glamorous time and it's, it's can be kind of gross, but like everyone needs to be aware of the importance of your recovery after labor and what you really need to do to take care of yourself. So I I don't know. I'm just, I have a couple of um, friends that are also yoga teachers that feel so passionately the same way. And so I'm hopeful that it will become something that's just more widely known, not only for moms, but for like husbands and support systems because this is beyond anything that anyone can control it's one of the hardest things you'll go through in your life
0: and unfortunately
1: it's also one of the most wonderful so um I don't know I just I feel passionately that we all need to learn more about it yeah for it
0: I completely agree and i just like listening to this because I had Cause like with all the work I do, it's around like menstruation and like your active menstrual period. But just listening to everything that you're saying around motherhood, like I feel like there's so many things that are in common. Like I, because I'm not a mother, I've never really done that research or learned anything about that. So just just comparing the fact that like, not only are women not really taught or prepared for this experience of like postpartum and like prenatal and all of that, we're also not taught from the perspective of how to take care of our bodies through menstruation, how to, like, actually balance our menstrual experience and not just put a band-aid over it, and it's, it's, like, sad and also exciting that we're coming into a new age where all of this is becoming more known, but, like, to me, I find it incredibly sad that this isn't something that our society has embraced as common knowledge or, like, has thought to prepare everybody for, and, like you were saying, prepare everyone who, does not have a womb. Also, to know how to support those going through these processes, um, and I completely agree. I think that it makes me really happy knowing that our t- like the tides are change- shifting a bit, and that this is starting. Like more people are starting to learn this knowledge and share it. Um, but it also makes me like kind of a little bit mad that I'm like, why Why is none of this stuff shared to begin with? It's, so important and innate to, like, just understanding how our bodies operate and how to take care of ourselves, um, which I think comes back to what you were saying with, like, what we were saying at the beginning with priorities, like, in our culture and, and where we hold those priorities with our body and being able to make that shift to actually really taking care of it.
1: Yeah, I think we are in an interesting time that, and I, I started to touch on this before, you know, women are becoming more of a force in a very masculine society and sometimes I think we lose sight of the incredible um, things that we have going for us as a as a woman that might not be um, as glamorous right now um, or might not be as impressive as you know being able to power through stress and you know rise to the top of the corporate ladder or you um, we one of the most powerful things about us are is our ability to bear children to be nurturing like i said to be intuitive um we kind of should honor that more i didn't honor it in my 20s i kind of thought it was lame and so to kind of shift back to that and truly kind of honor what i've what i kind of was put on this earth to do even though that that sounds like something i never wanted to hear in in my 20s i was not built put on this earth to bear children but um (laughs) But there's, there's just wonderful qualities to the fact that that is, one, that is one of the reasons that we are here as women. Um, and that's overlooked now in this, in this current age because, um, because women are so empowered in other ways. And so I think there's a balance that you, you really can kind of lean into that wonderful nurturing energy. You can lean into the beauty of being able to bear children should you be able to which is an incredible gift and and also still be just a strong and powerful woman and i i forgot all about that other piece until i had a child and it it was a loss for me in my 20s and i'm i'm glad that i came to it in my own time when i should have but i think just don't don't underestimate the power of just your ability to nurture to be soft to be um just divinely feminine, I think it's, it's important, it's, it's something not to forget, even though you might be just a really strong badass, too, so, I don't know, I guess that's, that's where I'll leave you. Yes,
0: oh my, (laughs) I was here, I was, like, listening to all this going, in my head, going, yes, 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 I, like, completely agree, and that it's, you can be, like, the super strong, badass, empowered woman, and be super in line with your divine feminine, and be even more badass because you have this balance, because you're not just favoring one side of you. You're really bringing in, like, all of your superpowers, all of your magic, all of that intuition. Like, it just blows my mind thinking about how we have this, like, divine feminine intuition, this softness, this nurturing, this ability to flow in our life and not burn out. And, and we also have this ability to be able to push and to like, go uphill and be able to be productive and super active and it just blows my mind when um just like the fact that one side is sometimes um i guess more promoted than the other whereas it's like this beautiful balance of we can be more than just one person like we can be we we can be like it all quotation marks and not necessarily how our society says we can do it all, but like in our, how our body says we can do it all. So maybe, maybe we can't do it all in what, like, in like the complete like active, which is still very in the masculine energy, but like we can be nurturing and we can be this beautiful mother energy. And we can also be the super empowered badass. And it's like, to me, that's the being it all. to be able to bring those two energies together um which I have no idea if that made any sense what I just said now that I'm thinking about it that (laughs) might have sounded a little woo-woo but
1: (laughs) yeah I think it's important I think it's important to lift up others that might be embracing a different side of themselves than you I remember in my 20s like not really thinking that these women that were dedicating time to their children were at all, by, all means, by any means impressive or any anything that I wanted to be. And that's just incredibly short-sighted and kind of gross of me um, to have ever had that thought. You know, you kind of, we we should all strive to embrace all, all of the goodness and all of the traits within us and honor those that might be displaying something that you're not, it's still incredibly impressive. And so, yeah, I think that you were right on in thinking that to be able to harness it all is the ultimate goal, and you probably won't be able to do it in your lifetime. It sounds like something that's almost impossible, but you can work towards it and get as close as you can, and be open yeah. to kind of the other the other side of things. So
0: yeah, yeah, and learning how to harness it in balance, like even what you were saying at the beginning of how when you first became a mother, how you wanted to have it all, like you wanted to have the crew, you wanted to have the child, like you wanted it all you wanted it all then and I feel like it's also learning the balance of not only like timing, like everything kind of has its own timing in your life, but also like even not even like the balance of just having it all, like but, but the balance of actually like being able to use all of your gifts. I guess yeah. is like what what I was also thinking is like the being able to be in balanced in your own body, your own empowered gifts. Um and whatever that looks like. And I think that that goes straight into what you're saying with that, the honoring and like every woman in whatever she decides to like use and honor her gifts through whether that's motherhood, whether that's career, um, like whether whether it is trying to do it all, but like to to notice that every person is on this planet for a different reason and that every person has these different beautiful gifts that are expressed in a different way. And, and to me, that's having it all is being able to express your gifts, which again, is, yeah, I I think you're totally right. It's it's probably not going to happen in one lifetime. It's a constant learning journey of learning what your gifts are, how to actually use them, how to use them in a society, especially that doesn't always honor that. Um, But coming into that idea of, like, just noticing your power and, like, what that power that is within you and being able to slowly harness those gifts and have all of you, even if it's not all of the world,
1: yeah, and we'd be remiss to not say to, that, you know, there's those times, like I talked about postnatal, when you have to set aside a piece of yourself so that you can get through. And so I think, yeah. um, I think, you know, we're just all on a journey and it changes and we're just doing the best we
0: can. So yeah, it's finding, finding balance along the way and what the intuitive baby step is for that part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that, I love that kind of sometimes having to be able to set aside, like, part of yourself to do this other thing for the bigger picture, because I think that that plays a huge role in it, too, is we are, we are on this long journey, and each time has its own thing to focus on, and each time has its, its own thing to honor, and that's always important to honor wherever you are right now in your time, and not think that you need to be somewhere else, because you're exactly where you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, that's hard to come to terms with. I don't even know that I'm there yet. It's hard to come to terms with the fact that you might actually be exactly where you're meant to be, Um, especially when we've created the notion that you kind of make of yourself what you are. And so oftentimes it feels like if you're in a spot that isn't great, that it's your doing. Um, But truly we are on a journey that is bringing us where we're supposed to be. So I, I think that that's well said. It's That's something really hard to come to terms with. Um, but yeah. another thing that meditation helps with. So, yeah. and that absolutely applies to motherhood and postpartum for sure.
0: Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, Ariana, do you have any last words that you would like to share with our listeners today?
1: Um, no, but if, well, I guess, yes. <laughs> um, I am teaching virtual yoga right now. So if you are in a part of your life where if you're postpartum or prenatal and are interested in adding yoga to your life and your practice, um, I do teach virtual classes on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays. And then I also have um, a free class every Saturday virtually called Yoga for Sanity that is really just designed to help us move and meditate through our current circumstances. So yeah. Um, I am mainly on Instagram, and all of that information is there, and you can find me at Ariana Cambra.
0: That's it. I'll put all of that in the show notes here, so you can go find her and follow her on her amazing journey. Ariana, thank you so, so much for coming on with me today. This was so amazing. I feel, like, I feel like we're both in this kind of, like, same world, but rarely have, like, this type of conversation together, so this was really fun to really dive into this. It's but, true. Yes. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you to all of our listeners too, for holding the space for yourself, for listening to this podcast, for taking away whatever it is that you are meant to take away from this and knowing that whatever stuck in your mind after this podcast is exactly what you're supposed to know and exactly what you're supposed to take away. And if you love this, again, please share this podcast to everybody around you. Um, Everybody gets a different thing out of the amazing and beautiful guests that we have on here. So thank you, Ariana so much for being here. Thank you listeners so much for being here and I will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the empowering the light podcast. If you love this episode, please share it so that we can spread this light and empowerment to more people. I also want to invite you to join my free divine feminine community. Within this community, you will receive exclusive content and updates via email, be invited to my free virtual moon circles every month, which are so much fun, by the way, and you'll have access to our private Facebook group that is always being updated with more content and conversation. You can find the link to join on my website, liliagueston.com, spelled L-I-L-I-A-G-E-S-T-S-O-N.com. I can't wait for you to listen to more episodes and would love to know what you want to hear next. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at Lilia underscore or email me at lgestin at gmail.com so that we can bring you the content that inspires your true autonomy.